welcome to this week's episode of Mum Talk Series 4, Episode 5, and this week you've got me. I'm going to check in with you all and fill you in on what's going on with Aldine, what's going on with me, how our week's been since we've been back from France, and answering a whole bunch of your questions that you guys have sent in through Instagram. And at the end, I'm going to share with you an event that's happening and I have the opportunity for you guys to come along, which is really exciting. So I will let you know at the end of the podcast what you can do to come to the event. Firstly, last week's podcast, Becca's birth story. My goodness. Thank you so much to all of you who listened and wrote in. I mean, all of you who listened anyway, but all of you who listened and wrote in saying how much you appreciated last week's podcast and how it made you feel, how you could connect with it, everything that we discussed. If you haven't yet listened, make sure you go back and have a listen. It really is an amazing podcast. We covered so much. Becca is so strong. She is amazing. I saw her at swimming actually on Monday and one strong mama. So how has our week been? It's been pretty good since we got back from France. We got back from France, did loads of washing, you know, all that kind of stuff when you get back from holiday and you have so much to do. And then on Monday we had swimming. We had swimming again today, a catch-up session, so two lots of swimming for Amandine and we've just been settling back into our routine at home. Now, a lot of you on Instagram asked me a bunch of questions about routine and where we're at. So Amandine will be 10 months on the 4th of July. So she's coming up and approaching to 10 months. This is what our routine looks like. So we have a 6am wake. Sometimes it's 5.45am. Sometimes it can be even earlier than that, but I don't go and get her unless she's stuck in her cot. I'll come to that later on in the podcast, but unless she's stuck, I will get her no earlier than 6am. I'll then at the moment bring her into bed with me and feed her because I am tired. 6.45ish, we'll get out of bed, we'll go downstairs, we'll have a play, and then around 7.45 to 8am, I'll give her her porridge. If I give it to her any earlier than that, I find she doesn't, she's not really that interested, she doesn't eat as much of it because she's still full from her big feed, and it is a big feed when she wakes up in the morning. 8.30, 9 o'clock, we take a nap. Sometimes I'm joining with that nap. And then around 10, 10.30, so it's around an hour, hour and a half, she will wake up. And I will tend to top her up a little bit with milk. If I don't do that, I do find she gets a little bit grouchy sometimes, so I will top her up with milk. Then we play, you know, do whatever. If we're going out, we'll go out. Then 12 noon, we do lunch. And then by 1, 1 1.30 again, there's another nap. And then 3, 3.30 again, she will uh, wake up. So it can be between anything, between an hour and a half and two hours. Occasionally, she'll go over the two-hour mark, but that's now becoming less and less frequent. And then again, I will give her dinner at 5 p.m. If I feed her too close to her bed book bottle routine, then she won't have much of her bottle we're finding. So I do try and make sure that I'm sitting her down for her dinner at five o'clock and then she'll get her bottle around seven o'clock. So it gives a good couple of hours for her to become hungry again to then have her bottle before bed. Now I give her an expressed bottle 
um, mainly because we can, so we can see how much she's taking in the evening. If when I put her on my boob, I have absolutely no idea how much she's taking. 6.30pm we give her a bath, so we still only give her a bath around once every three nights, especially if she's swimming loads, otherwise it's just too much water drying out her skin. And then between 7 and 7.15, maybe 7.30, she'll go to bed and hopefully have a very good night's rest. I then go to bed around 9 o'clock. It is currently 20 to 9 Amandine is in bed and I am recording the podcast to go live uh, tomorrow morning at six o'clock, which will be Wednesday. So I tell you now, the minute this podcast is finished, I will be jumping straight into bed. Weaning. So you guys have been asking about weaning as well. It's going really well. Now we're home. She's back to loving her porridge. I don't know what was different between her porridge in France and her porridge here. I think maybe the almond milk was different. We were also using oat milk out there too. It just wasn't as creamy. And now we're back home. She's back to loving her porridge. But she is fussy about the temperature her food is at and how fast her spoon is being reloaded, interestingly. Hendrik actually gave her her porridge this morning. And I did say to him, it needs to be done quite quickly. And she was starting to get a bit grouchy when he was reloading the spoon. And it was too hot on occasion. So we were blowing on the porridge and she was getting really antsy waiting for her porridge which is great it means that she loves it right but it um she is a little bit impatient (laughs) and also the temperature so the minute the porridge starts to get a little bit cold she isn't so keen about it and the same thing with her dinner or her lunch if it's a warm meal that I'm giving her I tend to think I'm giving it to her a little bit too hot but if she If it's a little bit cooler, she won't take it as easily. So if you are struggling with weaning, then do change the temperatures. I guess it's a little bit like breast milk when you reheat it or you warm it. I remember when I first started giving Amaldine the bottle, she wanted it just that little bit too warm where you tap it out onto your wrist and you think, oh, that's borderline, but that's when she really would want her bottle. With poops, so... You guys helped me so much, thank you, on Instagram about pulling together some prunes and top tips for getting Amandine to be a little bit less constipated. That's really helping, it's so much better. She now has a poo face. We never really had a poo face for Amandine and she now has one for sure, even so much. I was out for lunch today. And um, actually on the weaning topic, I forgot to take anything for her. The only thing I remembered was a bib. I didn't even take a spoon for her or her water jug, nothing. I felt like such a bad mum, but I managed to give her a little bit of my lunch, just an odd bit of tomato or some lettuce. She actually loved sucking on the bread as well. So managed to get past that a bit. And she's so good at drinking water, she can actually drink out of an adult's glass. So managed to give her water there as well. But... When we were eating lunch, she started doing her poo face and I was thinking, oh my goodness, and my friend picked up on her poo face, who's never seen that before, and she said, are you doing a poo? Which has never happened. Um, So she does strain a little bit and she cries afterwards, not intensely, but she's obviously uncomfortable. 
and she is not a fan of having poop squished between her butt cheeks, I will tell you that. And it seems sometimes her poop is actually burning her bottom a little bit, which gives her such a sore little bottom. Even if I put the barrier cream on, it still is burning a little bit. And of course, with reusable nappies, you're not meant to use any barrier cream or anything like that, which I found a, I find a little bit odd. I know it's to do with um, wheeze and absorbency, but for poo, when it starts to solidify, it when it touches her skin, it really is starting to burn her bottom. So if anyone is listening to this and has any tips to, I don't know, maybe explain why her poop is doing that or um, any ways I can avoid it without using barrier cream, literally the minute I see her poo face, I give her a little bit of time, obviously, to finish and then I whiz her upstairs and I change her nappy. That poo is never in her nappy for longer than, I don't know, a couple of minutes, if that, unless we're in the car, and then I can safely pull over and find somewhere to change her nappy, and that's the only time she actually sits in it. But poor little thing. But we have made progress, especially with the frozen prunes, putting them, mixing it all up, blending it, and then putting it into the ice tray. So I have ice cubes to, of prune puree to mix in with her porridge on the occasion. Has been super, super helpful. On to travelling home from France. So we didn't, I asked Hendrik before I came upstairs to record the podcast whether we had had any learnings from this travel. And I actually don't think we did. We're getting pretty good but I think that might be just because um Amandine I gave you a bunch of what happened on our travel out there in the podcast uh, whilst we were over in France but we're we're starting to find our groove with this so I took this time but I have got some tips with you so I took this time a bag of toys for Amandine on the plane it was a bit like a pick and mix but in there a bag of toys and lots of toys so she could we had her own seat I do that does make a huge difference having your own her own seat so we had a a full three seats together makes such a huge difference I would highly recommend if you know the seats are cheap which they were for us they were otherwise we wouldn't have done it do spend the extra on EasyJet, you have to pay £25 anyway, and I think Amandine's seat was actually cheaper than that in any case to get her her own seat, so it is worth looking into. And I just sat her on her seat with her bag of toys, and she was really happy. And a book as well, we took a book, I also took some little um, snacks, so we had some corn puffs, things like that, and a little bit of a fruit smoothie from France took that too. Also take a small bib if you're weaning and you want to give them snacks on the plane to um, keep them occupied for a little while. That's also a good tip. Take their water. You can take any amount of water, I believe, and breast milk if the baby is with you. Because the water, you can essentially pass it off as uh, sterilised water so that you've boiled it and then cooled it. Rather than bottled water, because not all bottled water is okay for babies. And then I would also take take some sterilising wipes. So we found some Milton sterilising wipes. Amandine's favourite thing to grab on the plane is the EasyJet safety card. So whenever we get onto the plane, we 
get the one out of her seat pocket and wipe it all over with the sterilising wipes. We also wipe the tray table that she likes to play with. We wipe the seatbelt buckles. They hold so many gross germs. So we definitely wipe those. We wipe the handle, you know, the, the armrests alongside the plane. We do look a little bit OCD, but I do think it's worth it, especially with Amandine being ill um, when she was in France, when we arrived in France, and the illness before, when you guys know that it really rattled me. I am sterilising most things at the moment. So one of the questions that I have just opened up on my Instagram before I came on to answer the podcast, but I think it is really on topic right now, so if you only have time to listen to the first 15 minutes of this podcast, I want you guys to hear this because I've just been reading up on it online. Uh, The question was keeping baby in cool weather and about whether you can use a fan in a baby's room. The hot weather coming up so much. This is super important. I have just put Amandine down in her nursery, which is 22 degrees. My Motorola uh, webcam thing baby monitor is actually reading 27 but that's because we drilled a hole for the baby monitor camera in the side of the airing cupboard so the thermometer of the baby monitor camera is literally in the airing cupboard where our boiler is which means it's hot so it's not actually 27 but the thermometer in there is reading 22. I put Amandine in a long-sleeved bodysuit so no legs and then a it's like a muslin baby bag. So it's thick. I would say it's around one tog probably if you were looking at the Grow Company website. And that was one thing I wanted to mention to you. The Grow Company have such a great reference on their website. It's the what to wear. If you just Google what to wear Grow Company, it will come up and put in, you can put in your baby's weight, your baby's age and the temperature of your nursery and it will come out with what they should be wearing. I find this really helpful. We always use grow bags or sleep bags. They don't have to be grow company grow bags but we use sleep bags and I find that really helpful if I'm unsure. Now I was reading up on fans and there's no doubt about it there seems to be significant evidence which shows using a fan in your baby's room if it is too hot reduces the risk of sudden infant death syndrome. So I would definitely recommend putting a fan in your baby's room but the Grow Company also suggests and this is through the Lullaby Trust website so there's three good websites to look at the NHS, the Grow Company and also the Lullaby Trust website if you're unsure of what to dress your baby in or how to keep your baby's room cool for the summer. So during the day keep the windows open and the curtains closed. Yes that is key however our room, our house for instance stays cooler inside than it is outside so we open our windows in the morning with the curtains closed and then we close them and then we'll open them again in the evening sometimes open the window and leave it open in your baby's nursery if you can even overnight if it's safe for you to do that we have left ours open tonight um i am slightly nervous that amandine's blackout blind is going to fall down but i think it should probably be okay because there's no wind at all so it should be fine 
They also suggest to use an electric fan to keep air circulating, but don't point it directly towards your baby and obviously keep it well out of their reach. Also, the sound of the fan, if you don't have a white noise machine, the sound of the fan is like a white noise machine, so it might help to soothe them. And then you might be persuaded to get a white noise machine if you don't already. You know I love them. Hendrik and I used to do this when we used to live near Luton because Hendrik's house used to get super, super hot. But we used to fill a bottle of water with water, obviously, put it in the freezer plastic bottle put it in the freezer until it completely formed its ice and then we'd put the bottle of water or two bottles of water frozen in front of the fan and that creates air conditioning essentially so they've suggested putting a bowl of ice in front of the fan which creates low-tech air conditioning but also bottled water and then you can just refreeze them so instead of wasting water you can yeah just refreeze the pre-filled bottle They also say if your child's bedroom is especially warm, consider moving them to sleep in a cooler part of the house. Yeah, I get that, but if you've got your baby sleeping, you don't necessarily want to risk your baby not sleeping. However, you obviously don't want to risk your baby getting too hot. So yeah, if that is the very last resort, I would say do that for sure. And then they say, use your parental discretion to judge whether your child needs any bedding at all in very high temperatures. They do say, yeah, maybe just a nappy and then a sheet. It's really up to you and to make the decisions about that. But those websites are brilliant for having a look at what your baby should be wearing in hot weather. Also, question about teething. Teething, yeah, my top tips for teething. Ashton and Parsons teething powder is brilliant. We actually call it baby cocaine. It's obviously not, but it's brilliant. Amandine just takes it off a spoon or we lie her down and just empty the sachet into the mouth, which she also really likes, but taking it off a spoon is possibly easier. We also put her teethers in the fridge. We don't put them in the freezer because I think that can actually be quite dangerous, but we put them in the fridge and make them nice and cold what else do we do lots of different types of teethers um ones with nodules on ones that are smooth ones that are thick ones that are thin ones with rattles on the end um ones with like dips and grooves in them lots of different teethers you can get and yeah we have got quite a lot of teethers cold water Sometimes if they're taking little sips of water, cold water is always quite good. What else for teething? Oh yes, Helios ABC Remedy, homeopathic remedy, absolutely brilliant. So I would kind of keep her tops up on ABC Remedy and also would use the sachets. Now I I abided by the rules with Ashton Parsons. On the box it says, baby up to six months, only give them half a sachet. I did right up until six months, but the minute I gave her a whole sachet, I noticed a huge difference in her discomfort. I wish I'd given her a whole sachet when she was five months. I feel like we've had a teething baby from like one month old. So I would recommend, you know, maybe give them a little bit over half a sachet and then maybe give them a full sachet if you feel like it really makes it work. I do believe it's a homeopathic remedy anyway, so I can't see that it's going to do much harm. But it's their discomfort, essentially. I've had a lot of friends who have given Nurofen and Paracetamol 
for teething. We haven't ever done that. We haven't needed to do that. Our remedies have actually been okay. Also, sucking on a cold flannel, so maybe a cheeky wipe if you have one, rinsed in really, really cold water, maybe even put in the fridge wet for a little while, and then just get them to chew on that. That's quite nice, the kind of fabric that they can feel on their gums. That's quite nice too. Let me know how you get on, and I hope, I really hope, it's a horrible thing, so I, I hope they feel better and their discomfort is relieved a little bit. Another question, baby going to the top of the cot and bumping the head. Now, <laughs> right before I came to film, came to film, came to record this podcast, Hendrik and I were just chatting about something downstairs and he turned off the TV and then all of a sudden on the baby monitor, this screech comes through the baby monitor and it both took us a while to think, what the hell is that? Because we thought Amandine was fast asleep, but she'd actually rolled onto her tummy. She's getting super mobile in her cot. She'd rolled onto her tummy, stuck both of her feet out of two different sections of the cot And then she was trying to roll and flip back onto her back, but she couldn't because her feet were stuck. And I think she was actually in quite a bit of pain because her feet were stuck. So I bolted upstairs, as you can imagine, grabbed her out of her cot, gave her a little cuddle. And then luckily for me, she was super tired in the middle of her sleep, put her back down again and it was fine. And she's still fast asleep. But yeah, Amandine keeps getting stuck in the cot too, with her legs, with her hands, with her wrists. And when they're in a bit of a doze, they can't figure out what's going on. I do believe it's a phase, but if baby's going up the cot, I would recommend, I don't know if this would work because I've never had the problem of baby going up the cot. I've had the baby going down the cot, but not up the cot. Maybe this is what we do when Amandine is sick, but maybe prop the cot up with a book or two books of the same thickness. And then that would probably make it quite hard to push his way up the cot because he's obviously going against gravity. Maybe give that a bit of a shot and see if it works. I will ask around and see if there's any other theories. I don't know if you're using a grow bag, but maybe a grow bag would reduce shuffling really don't know if it would or not. I would have thought so, because if you put your feet on the bottom of the grow bag and then try to shimmy up, you won't have the space in the fabric to shimmy up. So maybe try a grow bag, like a one tog or something, um, just a thin one. One of you lovely, lovely people also asked me what my skin routine was, because you said I had lovely looking skin, which is very kind of you. If you look really closely, and I'm going to own up to using a filter on my Instagram stories, you will see I have a face full of breakouts right now. Not everywhere, but around my chin, I have so many breakouts, and I have been just juggling way too much since we've been back from France, and I've been getting a little bit stressed over these last couple of days, and my skin is the first thing that shows. Plus, Hendrik says I look ridiculously tired, and he's starting to worry about my health but that's another topic (laughs) I'm not I'm fine by the way um but yeah I literally do nothing for my skin actually I wake up in the morning I cleanse it with an exfoliating cleanser I then put on a moisturizer which actually is meant to even out skin tone because I have quite a bit of sun damage on my face um And when I do now catch the sun, it seems to be a post-pregnancy thing. And whilst I was pregnant, my skin gets quite blotchy in different (laughs) colours. So I'm trying to use a... Well, I do. I use a 30 Sun Factor 
moisturizer all day, every day. And then in the evening, I will exfoliate, cleanse again and use a hydrating, super hydrating moisturizer in the evening. And that's all I do. I never wear makeup, really, ever. And I, well, not on a day-to-day basis and we don't really go out. So I pretty much say never. And that's, yeah, that's all I do. And the first filter, if you're doing an Instagram story and you swipe right, no, you swipe left, but it kind of looks like it's going right. There's the first filter is called the Paris filter and that does wonders for the skin tone, I tell you. And it does, it makes me feel a little bit better about posting my face on Instagram stories. So, and I am not ashamed to tell you about that. Makes me feel better and that's all that matters. Now, I have some very exciting news. I promised myself I was going to keep this podcast short and sweet and answer your questions and fill you in. I will fill you in before I get to the event. I will fill you in on how I'm doing because I know I don't talk about me enough. Um, I am told a lot of the time. I am fine. I feel a little bit sleep deprived at the moment. I'm not sleeping particularly well. That's got nothing to do with Amandine. I'm just struggling to get to sleep. And then even when she's not awake, I'm waking up really early. I think it's probably the light coming in through my bedroom. We have a blackout blind in, well, I have a blackout blind in my room, but it still has all the gap around the edge and makes my room really light. And I also think the weather, because it's so humid, it's heavy. It's heavy weather, isn't it? And it makes me tired, makes me really tired. Plus, I've been on my emails a lot and on my computer a lot more than I normally would be, um, and that definitely tires me out. Also, I've been, (laughs) like, certain situations at home have been stressing me out a little. Like, for instance, we don't have a playmat for Amandine, and I have actually little to Hendrick's knowledge, and he will probably go mad at me when he finds out, but I have ordered a totter and tumble playmat for our if you've seen my house you will know we have solid 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 floors downstairs it's tiled all the way through I have been double layering yoga mats but even when she falls backwards it hurts so I'm having to get all of our scatter cushions down create like a den every single time I want to put her down and I feel like it's hindering her crawling and I just I just want to get this mat. (laughs) I really do. It's a great thing. I can leave her on there. She can play. She can play with her friends. I can lie down with her. I can roll it up and put it outside where it's also tiles um, and she can have a play around there and I feel like I'd be encouraged more to go outside because I'm in that place where I look outside and I think, oh, there's nowhere for me to put her down. I just want to put her down. Um, but unless I get the yoga mats back out, some blankets, all the cushions, it really is a palaver to put Amandine outside. So I thought I'm just going to get this mat and be done with it. But yeah, Hendrick's probably going to absolutely kick my butt when he finds out because he did not want it. Um, but I feel like it's one of those things that until I get it and until he sees how great it is, he's not going to realize. So that's what I've done. I'm hoping it's going to arrive on Thursday. I'll let you know (laughs) how his reaction is, but you never know. I may end up giving it away to one of you guys. (laughs) Um, no, really I won't. I'm going to be keeping it. Okay. So that's me. Yeah, I'm all good. And I am really looking forward 
to an event I am doing in London next week on Wednesday. Super exciting, but Hendrik is going to, I think, unless there's any big issue, keep Amandine at home with him. So I'm going to be going up Tuesday afternoon and I'll be coming back on Wednesday afternoon. So I won't even be gone for 24 hours, but it is overnight. And Hendrik has never, ever, 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 ever been alone with Amandine for longer than about two hours. So this will be interesting. I'm not too sure. When he first suggested it, I really freaked out and I was like, absolutely not. You've got to be joking in my head thinking, you've got no idea what you're doing. Of course he does. He's her father, for goodness sake. But yeah, I mean, I am worried about going up and being worried about her and not having my head in the game, but I actually think I will be fine. When I went on the Lululemon retreat and I was with my sister and my sister was looking after her, yes, we were in the same location, but I didn't, it was fine. It was absolutely fine. And you know, London, it's two hours away on the train. Worst case scenario, I bomb it back down again and it'll be fine or he can come to me it's not she's gonna survive she's gonna survive this it's gonna be fine I will be fine but onto the event the really exciting thing so I am going to be working with Bugaboo which is super exciting um, and this is just such a wonderful thing for mum talk and I am really really touched and happy and honoured that they have asked me to come and be a part of their launch for their new travel buggy. So it is called the Bugaboo Ant. You may have seen it on social media or wherever you look at these things, um, but it is launching in John Lewis on July the 3rd and we are going to be doing a essentially a mum talk podcast live, but we're going to be doing it in as a panel. So the event's going to be from 8.30 to 11.15. The panel talk is going to start around 10am and I am going to be chatting with some wonderful guests all about traveling with babies, traveling toddlers, traveling with more than one child. And I'm not just talking out of the country traveling. We're going to be talking about traveling around London, traveling around the UK, traveling abroad, what you, what to do, what not to do, sharing funny stories. It's going to be a really, really great fun morning. The event will take place on a beautiful rooftop in central London. And brunch, there's going to be a brunch, it'll be served up, I can never say this company's name, but Comptoire Libonas, I don't know if that's how you say it, but a yummy brunch essentially. And yeah, an interactive panel, and then the actual designer of the Bugaboo Ant will be there giving a demo. And then after the panel, I will also be going and recording a podcast at the event with the panel guests. But it is going to be a really lovely event to chat with other mums and I and for me to meet you guys too and I have the opportunity of bringing 15 of you wonderful listeners along with me to the event and I would so so love to meet you so if you would like to come and you feel like it's doable with your bambinos or if you are pregnant or would like to come along please will you dm me direct message me on mum talk podcast instagram and then i will chat to you from there 
So to summarise, it is Wednesday, next week, 3rd of July, 8.30 to 11.15. DM me, direct message me on Mum Talk Podcast Instagram page. I am just so, so excited. Nervous, don't get me wrong, nervous, but so excited. Um, I'm going to wrap it up there and go and curl up in my bed. First, download this, get this up and live and ready for you for your 6am commute to work if you're working. It will be there. I hope you enjoy listening. DM me if you want to come to the event. I would love to meet you. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Bye.